0: Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 15 of Jake's World. Today is June 1st, and what a fucking crazy world we live in. Well, if you listen to Friday's show, not much has really gotten better. I mean, did you really expect it to? Not sure, but I mean, talk about that at the end. Today's show's gonna to be a little brief, cause I'm an idiot and I left my Mac charger back in Madison. So we'll see how the episode two this week goes, but we'll we'll figure it out. So, anyways, well, let's get to it. Last night, as promised, I watched the Lance documentary or Thirty for Thirty series on ESPN two parts I guess four hours worth and I watched about two of them and I feel like that's all I really needed to get the gist of what I wanted to talk about. I mean I really had trouble getting into this just because cycling wasn't my thing. Like even during the Olympics like I'm like a normal sports fan. I like to watch swimming and beach volleyball and I mean, it was their baseball and basketball and all those kinds of sports, right? Like, I don't want to watch some guy ride a bike down a hill for six hours. It just It's just not my thing. But it was really cool to see, you know, Lance's story growing up because I didn't really know that part of it. I didn't know any of that. I mean, you know about the blood doping and the seven-time Tour de France winner. Tour de France, oh, huh. Seven-time winner, or seven in a row, I believe it was. 98 to 2005? Yeah. Seven in a row. And then the adamant defending of his innocence and then finally getting caught and having all of his titles stripped and then disgraced. He's probably the most disgraced professional athlete of all time he I mean he's definitely a top five I mean the only other guys I could say were ju- that are just as disgraced as him or I mean based on their level of fame and their success in their own sport and like the their downfall I mean Tiger woods is up there Just because of, you know, all the injuries, and then the Hooters girls, and the waitresses, all that. I mean, everyone knows what happened to Tiger. And he's finally coming back from that, which is really cool. It's a good story. I mean, he's overcome a lot. Um, I mean, Barry Bonds is up there, but... In his defense, they're baseball purists. Or not baseball purists. Baseball purists hate him. There's people who understand the game of baseball that aren't, you know, crotchety old journalists. And they th- feel like the steroids helped him put up numbers, like power numbers. But Barry Bonds is one of the best hitters of the game. Like anyone who's played baseball at any capacity... Knows that it's, it's not always easy to hit a round ball with a round bat. Especially when, you know, it's coming in at 100 miles an hour. And it moves. Not just toward you. It moves away, It moves on all planes. Like, you can't teach that. Steroids don't help you with that hand-eye coordination. Um, Mark McGuire, another baseball player, just a disgrace. And I feel like he... Was more disgraced than Bonds just because McGuire went up, like, uh, during a Mitchell report and he had to testify in front of Congress. And, you know, the tears and the shame and the crying, all did that look that was a bad look, even though he helped baseball tremendously throughout the late 1990s. Him and Sammy Sosa, A Rod's another one because it happened to him twice the steroid allegations the first time in the late 2000s, I guess you would say, like 2008, 2009. And then the the health thing in Florida too, or where he was doing the, um, the off-season supplementing thing. I think it was like the biogenesis clinic. I think that's what it was called. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I'm just kind of running through this off the top of my head. But um, those are guys that, were, I would say, the most disgraced players ever. I mean, Pete Rose, too, with the gambling, betting on his own team. And you could, you know, did he do it on his own team? Yes. No. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I tend to believe that he, even if he did, it shouldn't take away from his accomplishments of the baseball game. The guy's nickname was Charlie Hustle. Even if he, even if he was betting on the other team, the guy had 4,000 fucking hits. He's not taking that many days off. Just think about it. Like, career leader in at-bats, hits, doubles. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Like, I just don't see why he's not has not been reinstated um Aaron Hernandez O J Simpson O J Simpson especially I mean Aaron Hernandez did some heinous things but just O J was like the first one and then to go through the highly publicized trial and I don't know they're they're both really good examples for this of bad things happening to Innocent people, and you know, a downfall from unparalleled fame to being incarcerated. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was probably the best tight end, and he was better than Gronk, and they were on the same team. Could you imagine what those two could have done over a ten-year career? Aaron Hernandez played like four professional seasons, or something like that. I remember him getting arrested. It was bizarre. It was like, "Holy shit, this is happening. Like this guy did that?" I think it was like 14. It was like 2010, 2011. I watched that documentary too, but that one was strange. But it is a good look inside of a disgraced athlete, but even all those guys, I feel like Lance Armstrong still takes the cake, like it's very rare that you have a competitor have his entire um, his career accomplishments stripped. All of them. And the story that that was, was incredible. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Just the last thing before I kind of talk about in depth. What his story meant. And like you know dissect it a little bit. It is insane to me how he dies on that hill. He stands by his take and he dies by his take right. Like he doesn't say fucking sorry for anything. Like he throughout that whole interview. Or that whole documentary. He was adamant on if I were to be able to go back. And do it all over again. I would do the same fucking thing. He literally. Believes. And he's justified this to himself. That. Just because the other competitors. On the Tour de France. Were doing it. He could do it too. And he felt that was right. And I think that was really similar with baseball. Now I don't want to get into baseball too much. Because in two weeks. Long gone summer is going to be aired on ESPN, and I'm definitely going to cover that. I'm going to have my charger this time. I'm going to be ready for that one, because baseball is my favorite sport. It's my love when it comes to professional competition. I can't get enough of it. I love Sammy Sosa, too, and it was a 1998 home run race. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. I'm going to talk about baseball a little bit more in two weeks, so I don't want to get into the Know, the crossover stuff. I want to keep this a little bit on Lance and his character and his story, really. First of all, I think Lance is absolutely fucking psychopath for enjoying triathlons. Like, I'm going to do a little spinoff here. I don't know how people have any desire whatsoever to run a marathon or... Swim, like an Ironman's 3.1 miles, 180 on the bike, and a marathon, approximately. I'm not sure if those are the exact numbers. I mean, a marathon's 26.2 miles. I know that. I know the swim's roughly three, and I know the bike rides in the high 100s, like 170, 190 in that range. I don't know how people want to do that. I don't know why that's people's goals. Like, you hear about some of these, um, like, uh, Middle aged people, you know, facing midlife crisis, want to get back in the shape and some young people, too. There's all kinds of people who like to do it that like, I want to run a marathon in every state. It's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? Just go to the bar and have a beer like everyone else or go work out for 45 minutes a day and eventually be a flat slob and, you know, die of heart disease one day. Just be a normal person. Like, I don't understand how people are like how they find that appealing. You got to be a little psycho to want to run for four hours straight. And then, you know, do all the carb loading, which, I mean, carb loading sounds fun. But, you know, eating an ungodly amount of carbs the night before and, you know, not being able to eat a ton on the day of the race. And just, like, fuck. You could build Rome with all the time you spent running 50 marathons. Like, what the hell? You're crazy people. But that was Lance's thing, and he was fucking good at it. He was a triathlete at 15. Like, I think I was playing with myself when I was 15. I don't know. I mean, I played through. I played, you know, three sports in high school. Not a big deal. But I was kind of good at one of them. Really good at the other one, and really bad at the third one. I mean, I guess that's okay, though, but Lance was, like, he forged a birth certificate to compete in a race that he won, like, with a bunch of professional triathletes. Like, (sighs) it's nuts. Like, I couldn't imagine training like that. And he was way into it, too. Like, he worked hard, but he had fun, too. I mean, he had fun with his friends. He had a social life and everything. And... Like, I mean I didn't know that his mom had him when he was 7 or when she was 17. I didn't realize that his dad left him and he grew up in a broken home kind of and his stepdad was really tough on him, made Lance who he was. I didn't know those things and it's really cool to see that story, right? Um going off of that a little further. I didn't realize that like I mean, it sounds really stupid, of course, but, like, all those guys that race in Europe and those teams have to live in Europe. I mean, I just, that's just me not putting two and two together. It makes perfect sense, but it's, like, I only know of the Tour de France, oh, and it's the only thing I, only thing about cycling I know. Oh, yeah, they do the Tour de France, and it's three weeks long and, like, 3,000 miles, 2,500, I think they said. No thanks, but for them... Like I went to a buddy in college who, growing up, like he's from Iowa, and they would do this bike race event thing called RAGBRAI. and you'd start in like Ames in western Iowa, and then you'd finish in Dubuque, and you would take a week and you would ride all the way across Iowa, and like thousands of people do it or whatever, it's a big deal, and then you stay at like host families or you camp or hotel or whatever, and yeah, I mean I would do that. I mean I was not that big like 500 600 miles in a week? Probably not even that much. I bet you it's even way less than that. But 2,500 to 3,000 miles in 3 weeks? 3 weeks is a long fucking time to do over 100 miles a day. I mean 21 days or 20 to whatever. I Jesus. No. You're crazy, Lance then the cancer thing was really sad, too. Just as he was, like, starting to, you know, lose his competitive drive, he started doing the doping thing a little bit. Now, that's something that he stands by, too. Before I get into the cancer thing, I'm going to kind of tie it together. Michael Phelps got caught for blood doping, too. And the show did a pretty good job of explaining it. Like, blood doping only is you taking drugs to enhance your body's ability to carry oxygen. Which, if you're a marathon runner or a triathlete or a cyclist, that it's a perfect advantage for you. You can go for longer or use the same amount of oxygen at a higher intensity. That's perfect for Lance, like, he doesn't need to, you know, be a swole body on his bike. Doesn't need to, you know, have Arnold Schwarzenegger sized arms on his bike. Riding down a hill at sixty miles an hour. He doesn't need that. He needs the ability to carry oxygen and you can carry that weight differently. Like he's not gonna look like a bodybuilder on a bike. He's gonna look like he's fit, and he was. But all that is inside. And I feel like that's such a different spin on performance-enhancing drugs. Yes, it's the same thing. Same st- style of, you know, drug you're putting into your body to literally enhance your performance. But it just reacts in such a different way. Like, the we typically get testosterone or human growth hormone. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. It kind of becomes synonymous with any kind of PEDs. And PEDs can be anything. I mean... Early PEDs in baseball were cocaine. Cocaine, heroin, speedball. There's a mix. You mix cocaine, heroin. It's called speedball. Some guy threw a no-hitter on acid. I, mean, I wouldn't say that's much of a PED, but it worked for him, so it was for him. But, I mean, even caffeine in high doses could be considered a PED. You're alert. But we always think of you know human growth hormone and giant guys with tank tops and big muscles and bald heads and roid rage and all that stuff and it was really different for Lance and yeah it was just I don't know why he was so stubborn with it like the guy was so competitive as it was he was so driven as it was like why not just work harder I know the cancer was a big setback, and that's kind of why I'm going to tie it in. That was horrible, like, seeing all that. At age 27, you know, having testicular cancer, and it's actually all over your body now, and stage four, and you might not make it, and you're, like, one of the fittest people in the world. Like, the irony of that happening at that age is mind-boggling to me. And then there's people who smoke, like, three packs of cigarettes a day, and nothing ever happens to them. It's crazy how cancer affects people. And that's, it didn't surprise me that he waited so long to go to the doctor. It literally took him to the point of coughing up blood during his training to go see the doctor. Young people are like that, you know, they're, especially the competitive ones, like, oh, I'm playing hurt, not injured, playing hurt. I can tough it out. I mean, I'll be okay. I'm tough. I want to show everyone I'm tough. I can play through the pain can work out still, even though your body's like, hey, stop it, stop it, stop it, but you don't listen, and there's, like, mentally tough people have that, and I'm not surprised, because you get that right away, Lance was a competitive dude, I mean, he's up there in the, the echelon of competitors, the mentally tough competitors, like, he's up there with those guys, it's just a shame that, you know, his rise to, success was expediated by, you know, doping. Now that's kinda where I'm gonna break this down a little differently. I'm not gonna say, oh, it was bad. It was right for them to take his titles away. It was right for him to be shamed. I'm not gonna say that because honestly I don't think it was in this scenario. Now, this might sound a little weird, but the context needs to be considered in Lance's situation. Now, I will not defend him lying about it for, for what, 12 years? 15 years? Probably even more. It was a damn near 20. I'm not going to defend that. Especially when he was out of the sport and they're investigating you. Like, just be a little cooperative that you can't really defend. That's hard to work around. But I think of it in the way of look at what he was competing in. The Tour de France. Oh. Uh-huh. That's my French impersonation by the way. It's like the third time I did it. Oh, I'm Lance Armstrong and I run into the, the Tour de France. Oh. Uh-huh. That was that was bad, but hopefully got a little chuckle. Anyways, um Lance is from Texas, so um, shh, dumbass, what were you saying? Oh, look at the context of the sport, right? You're in a cycling league in Europe. I don't remember exactly what the league was, I think it was like the U.S., I don't know. That was the body that investigated Lance. I don't remember what the league was called over there. The tour, we'll just call it the tour, I guess. All the guys who competed in various races in Europe. Doping was a huge problem. That's like trying to say that a bodybuilder should lose all of his Mr. Olympia or Mr. Universe crowns because he used steroids. Like, they all do it. Bodybuilders use steroids. Powerlifters use steroids. They all do that. Like, the human body is not capable of looking like that if they didn't. Arnold used steroids very carefully, according to him. He cycled them very carefully. He wouldn't have looked like that naturally. Like it's just impossible. It was almost the same thing in Tour de France. He claims that all of his teammates were doing or not maybe all of his teammates, but all of his competitors were doing it, or the top competitors in the tour in Europe those cycling leagues they were all they were all blood doping and I don't know if I would do that because it's a tough decision to make especially when you're not in his shoes but I see why he's so competitive all he wants to do is win and that would piss me off it's like all these guys are cheating and I feel like I can't set the standard to my level where everyone's clean, I have to elevate my game and compete at their standard. And he was way better than everyone else who was doing the same thing. Now, if that's the case, then I think that, I mean, those Tour de France titles were earned. Seven in a row, battling cancer after the fact. You know, it would have been another thing, too, if he just did that to get back to where he was I mean they A lot of times they pres- Doctors pres- prescribe you Steroids and things like that To get you back To your normal strength But I mean Victory is sweet It's addicting If you're not getting caught And you win one Why not rip off another six <laughs> I don't know It's just I I can defend that I mean if it were true that everyone in everyone participating in that league, I shouldn't say everyone because they did talk to a few of the people who were like, I didn't do it and I stunk compared to the competition because I didn't do it. But if you're having all these other people verify and support Lance's claim that it was a big problem in those leagues, I mean, don't you think that standard should be considered? I think it would have been if, you know, he didn't lie about it for ever. I mean, half of his life he spent lying about his blood doping habits. A Bristol Myers drug by the way, if you do watch Mad Money with Jim Cramer, he loves Bristol Myers. <sighs> I got to focus. Okay. It's crazy to me that he spent so long denying it, denying it, denying it, denying it, when it was, like, almost obvious. And he's still, you know, he's still paying the price for that today. Like, the part I started and I messed up the DVR when I left for the weekend. When I came back, it, like, picked up in the middle of the first part. So, I got, like, it was four hours, I believe. And I got, like... Hours two three and four like I missed the first hour but then I didn't even end up watching the fourth one I just did a little bit of reading he's at that restaurant in LA or whatever wherever he was I didn't even catch see where he was maybe he was in Austin he lives in Austin Texas still and the guys are like Fuck Lance! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! They're just chirping Lance and chanting at him like he people hate Lance. They hate him for you know the cheating and the dishonesty. I don't even think it's the cheating as so much as it was the dishonesty. Like he was a huge part of. He was one of the biggest athletes of the time. Not in a major sport, and he was still huge. It's a huge deal. And. His fall was so... He plummeted from heaven to hell, damn near. Like, appeal-wise, people hate him still. I mean, I remember this happening. I was like, ooh, man, it's not bad. But, I mean, he went a long way from, you know, winning seven Tour de France's and being the guy that tells Peter Lafleur that he wouldn't have given up on his dodgeball game if he were in his shoes to a guy who gets, you know... Screamed at every time he goes out to dinner with his wife. Like, I, I guess that's the price you pay, and that's the one thing that was really crazy to me. Like dealing with all that animosity, I feel like I would be remorseful. People want to be appreciated and, you know, liked. That's a concern of just about everyone I know. Even if they don't care what people think of them, they, if you were to ask them, Do you prefer if people like you or do you prefer people don't like you? They'd say the first one. They'd say the former. Why like why not just say, Yeah, I fucked up, I'm sorry? He said, Yeah, I fucked up and then he forgets the I'm sorry. I don't know, I feel like he could have helped himself out a lot more, but he was honest, and he was headstrong, and he's stubborn. He defends that point that he was like, yeah, my actions were justified because everyone else was doing it. And that's the He wants to have that take, and he wants to die on that hill, fine. But the one thing I didn't like to see was how they took, lot of his accomplishments and kind of tarnish them a little bit like with the Lance Armstrong Foundation and you know getting young men with testicular cancer to a point where they could talk about it because I mean it's hard to talk about it's that's your man's like you're gonna talk about that openly it's hard to talk to even a doctor about things like that and women have the same problems too I mean it's hard to talk about those things And he got that conversation going. He got it a little more open. And he did some really good things with that foundation. And I'm not sure if there was like an embezzlement thing with it. I don't remember. I didn't see that part. I kind of watched it before his demise because I remember some of that. And based on the reading, I did too. Like, he got ugly. I mean, he was... A sponsor, the USPS sponsored him And he was getting sued by the federal government For a hundred million dollars Like Things got ugly for him But I feel like All the turmoil that happened with him And getting his titles vacated And the IOC And you know The, the Tour de France uh-huh. Uh-huh. All that stuff I mean I just People can do bad things. I mean, what he did wasn't, like, grotesque and evil. He didn't harm people. But I feel like those bad things should not outweigh the good things because at the end of the day, that's what really matters in life. You, Your goal, no matter what you do, whether you're an astronaut or a plumber or a cyclist or a politician or a lawyer or a ditch digger, No matter what you do, your goal in life should be to leave this place a little better than how you found it. No matter what capacity it is. Maybe you're an environmentalist and you like to, you know, do things outside. You're a conservationist or you have charitable causes that, you know, they um, speak to you. You know, you connect with that. Everyone has something that they're passionate about. And can use that to make the world a better place. Even if it's volunteering. Just be a good person. Make this world better. That's all you need to do. And Lance did that. He's conflicted like all of us are. He did bad things. Very bad things. But like I said, nothing that you can't ever forgive. He did a lot of good too. And I think that should not be forgotten. Now, if he embezzled from the foundation and I missed something, okay. I need to look. Yeah, I didn't see anything. But, I mean, for all the lying and the scandalous things he did and he tried to hide all of his blood doping and avoid all the scandal that would come out of that and the attacking of other journalists and shaming them and, you know, how dare you... Attack my credibility Who are you to attack my credibility Things like that All the bad things he did In that nature I mean I still don't think it outweighed the good he did And I mean That's something we all have to consider too thought ESPN did a good job once again Not as good as the Jordan one But this was a good story And I, I like learning about things Especially when they're interesting But just make the world a better place. And that's kind of how I want to tie it into what's going on now. I mean, like I alluded to earlier in the show, if you listen to Friday's episode, not much has changed. In fact, it's gotten worse. And I'm probably going to have to record Friday evening. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I don't know how much better or worse it's going to get because i mean I was riding in where i live Madison like and it's a pretty peaceful place honestly and i don't know i feel like we need to examine this entire situation closely but not too deep to. Look at every little incident. Now that might not make any sense. But let me explain what I'm trying to say. We look at each incident that happens as one. Right? One incident and part of a greater problem. Which it is. But why are people breaking windows. And you know spray painting buildings. And you know getting in physical things, destroying cars. J.R. Smith beat ass last night, by the way. Why are we doing all of these senseless acts of violence, essentially? I mean, I people. I don't feel like people are getting seriously, seriously hurt yet. If they have, I have not heard anything. I apologize for that, but... I feel like it's just senseless violence and destruction right now. And why is that happening? People are angry. And if that's what it takes for people to notice, then that's what it's going to have to be. I'm white. I'm not black. I don't have a stake in this. I'm not oppressed. I don't suffer, you know, Various forms of prejudice and police brutality every day. I mean, I'm Polish, but I mean, if I was around 60 years ago, that might be a problem, but that's not important. It's not an issue for me. But I think my take on this is pretty accurate. It's the only way that people in positions to actually make a direct impact notice. It's the only way they see And everyone sees it Everyone feels it it's, it's almost suffocating It's ironic of what happened Because that's how everyone feels now They're sick of seeing it They just want it to go away But it's good that these things are going to continue Until it doesn't just go away It's fixed It needs to be fixed It's needed to be fixed for a long time It's a shame that it had to happen because of something grotesque happening, happening like that. Like George Floyd didn't need to die for this to happen. Neither did the other dozens and dozens and hundreds of people before him that didn't need to happen either. But it that's what I guess that's how it played out. And you know as a society we're in a really important place because it's in this this is huge this is going to get worse before it gets better unless we do the right things to start to try to change the system a little bit a lot of bit but i'm going to segue a little bit here and Put some things into perspective, or at least one thing. Our president is probably the most polarizing president we've ever had. Bar none. Like, it's not close. I shouldn't have said probably. That was a lie. He is the most polarizing figure we have. You have people who love him, they see him as. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a rebel almost. He's not your traditional politician. He's not, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. That's not him. He he goes against the media, and if he doesn't like you, he'll tell you. If he doesn't agree with you, he'll tell you. And he he doesn't just want to tell you. He wants to humiliate you, and people like that. And then the other people hate that. They blow up his Twitter mentions like it affects him. That's not an effective way of showing that you're... It shows you're angry, that's it. He doesn't fucking care. None of them do. That's what I want to put into perspective. The politicians in Washington, D.C. don't care that much. None of them do. doesn't matter if you your animal's a donkey or an elephant or you're red or blue or anything in between, Politically. They don't really care that much. Because if they did care that much. Something would have happened by now. History is so different now. I mean from what it was. But it repeats itself in a way. These rioting things were happening. In the 1960's. And that's what it made. That's what it took. To have President JFK. And LBJ. Lyndon Johnson, not LeBron James, fucking bronze sexuals, that's what it took to get the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed. James Meredith tried to, was, he integrated Ole Miss, he was the first black student at Ole Miss, and riots, white riots went out, and the National Guard had to be called, and he needed to be protected, and things like that were happening all over the place. Uh, riots in the northern cities. Harlem was it? Harlem was the location of the Nation of Islam. Grassroots movement was in the South. It was a turbulent time. Nineteen 1968- sixty-eight was the worst year in American history between all the civil unrest at home and the Tet Offensive in Vietnam and all the bad things happening all over the world and 2020 has probably surpassed that. But what I'm trying to say is the big boy and girl politicians don't care. Donald Trump does not care. Clearly he doesn't care because he's making the problem worse. Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders and all of Your congressmen and senators, the ones you like, the ones who ran for president and said, well, I'm going to make America better, don't care about this. You know why? Because they have been there for so long, and nothing has changed. One person can't do it all, but there's a hundred senators, Mr. Sanders, You can influence change. You trying. Maybe he tried. I can't speak for him. But nothing's changed. As a whole they don't care. And we don't put our attention in the right place. We get mad at Donald Trump. Because he tweets all the time. And I'm not trying to defend him. Those tweets are horrible. At a time where we need to be united. He's being divisive and it's bad. We don't need that. What we need is to change where we focus on all of our voting power. The President of the United States is the most publicized election every four years. The turnout's still horrible. But that's who we focus on the most. And when it comes to affecting your day-to-day life, each and every citizen is one. Donald Trump affects you the least. He has the most control in the world state and, you know, what our country does domestically as a whole and internationally as a whole. But he doesn't affect you, really, not really. He's at the top. He's the head of government, the head of state. In which each level you go down, he affects you more. Your senators affect you more than Donald Trump does. He might not offend you, but I mean, it shouldn't matter if you're offended. That's not the point. Donald Trump or the president, whoever it is or will be ever, will not affect you more than your senator. Then your congressman, then your governor, then your state senators, and then your mayors, and your city councilmen, and your neighborhood watch leaders. Things like that. We don't put enough emphasis on those types of elections. We, we focus on the national spectrum so much, and that's where our attention needs to stray away from. We need to pay attention, especially to our mayors in these big cities. And state governors. But especially mayors. Because if police brutality is such a problem. Who affects the change? The mayor does. The mayor. Is accountable for the police commissioner. And the police commissioner has. His. Majors and colonels and lieutenants. Who assign people duties. And it's. it's structured that way it's like the military with it's structure they set training protocols and details and continued training and accountability for when their officers fuck up that's where the attention needs to be not at the top if you're in Minneapolis, Minnesota Donald Trump's a thousand five hundred miles away your mayor is too Why are we worried about the president when he's got a trillion other things going on? I'm not trying to excuse his actions, but I'm just saying we need to change the way we think if we want to change what we've got going on right now. And it needs to change. And the awareness is good. I think we need to worry less about the real wrong instead of the little rights and wrongs. We have a race problem right now. We do. Is it equally correct to say that looting is wrong? Yes. It doesn't, In the long run, it doesn't help. It only hurts. I don't agree with it, but I see why people are doing it. Because it's highlighting the issue at hand. The most important issue at hand. That we have a systemic problem in our country. And we need to fix it. That wraps up today's show. Like I said, sometime at the end of the week you'll get episode 2. And I hope I have a happier tune for you. But the way things are escalating right now, I don't think so. If you're out there protesting, be safe. Don't be a fucking idiot, please. You, You don't just... Do what your First Amendment right protects you to do. At least you have that. Don't make the actual problem worse. Someone out there is going to continue looting until and vandalizing until this is done. Just be safe. No one else needs to get hurt through this. Follow me on social media Jake Sawinski J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8 Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat Like I said Be safe Hopefully Fridays will be a little lighter at the end I mean I want this stuff to end too But I want it to end the right way I want it to be I want there to be a change Just like all of you do So That's all I got for you Have a good week guys And Keep Keep listening. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Listen to me on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just keep the ball rolling. Have a good week. Peace.
1: Follow the Moscow, down to Park, Listening to the wind of change August, summer night close like brown